Dallas Cowboys edge rusher Micah Parsons could play eight different positions during the 2023 season. All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are recapping our notes from week two of the Dallas Cowboys OTAs. Uh, we got this interesting note from Micah Parsons at practice. He says, uh, I could potentially play eight different positions this season by or sell. Parsons playing eight different positions. I'm probably gonna man love 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 a good buy or sell. Uh, I'm probably gonna sell. I mean, eight different positions it's, seems it seems very arbitrary, right? Like, yeah. are you not playing the left corner, the uh, free safety and strike safety, but you're playing the right corner? Is that what, is that what it's supposed to be? Like, <laughs> to me, it's basically like di- eight different spots they could line up, right? That's that kind of the way I interpreted that. Yeah, I I kind of interpreted it as he's a guy who's speaking in front of the media and he's like, yeah, it's it's a lot. I, eight different positions right like I, yeah. I i'm not holding him to the number i'm not going to be you know like box scoring uh, every single game to make sure that he hit all eight positions by the end of the season yeah. uh, I, I think the, the, the you know the idea is that he's still going to move around a lot they're still going to deploy him in a whole bunch of different ways there was a ton of talk already this offseason about all the weight he's gained and, and or not that much weight just all a whole bunch of talk more yeah. talk than weight that he's gained frankly uh, and, 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 and it's all been focused on like the idea that he's going to play a whole bunch more defensive end and, oh, now Micah Parsons is playing defensive end. Like it yep. wasn't happening last year too, but it, it, I, I think if anything, it, this is just a case where, you know, it, there's not a ton going on. P- P- Micah Parsons is an interesting uh, player. And one of the things that makes him interesting is that he kind of lines up all over. I think what he's ultimately trying to tell us is that that trend is going to continue. He's going to yeah. continue to line up in different spots and, and be deployed in different ways to kind of get the best advantages that the defense can get. I don't know that this is like, you know, we're going to see Micah Parsons uh, lining up against, you know, wide receivers no, and, 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 no. and running cover one and, and playing in a silo. You know, it's, I just think that this is kind of a, an overblown story about a guy who was already very exciting and already lining up in a whole bunch of places. Yeah. So Dan Quinn had a really interesting quote a couple of weeks ago about he was talking to Micah Parsons on how to ha- get him to take the next step in his career. Yeah. And then Parsons actually kind of commented on it this week. I'll read you the quote. It says, I'm kind of off the sack wave. I'm on to yeah. the impact wave. You see Aaron Donald, he can have 12 sacks, but the impact he makes is so dominant. You can tell I really just want to be dominant. And then you see guys who have 16 to 17 sacks, but they're not considered a guy. I want to be a guy, not one of the guys. I, what Dan Quinn was trying to get to Micah Parsons earlier this offseason is it's, it's not easy to put up awesome stats, but the generational players 
make it easy for everybody else around them to get stats. And I think that's kind of what Micah Parsons is alluding to here is how can I be so great that it makes everybody else around me better? And maybe that means I don't get 17 stacks, but my impact is bigger. I think that's what we're going to see from Micah Parsons this year. Yeah, it's the it's the old uh, uh, disruption is production idea, right? Yeah. Is that if you could find a way to – you know, put him into a situation where he's drawing so much attention that it, it, it's going to allow other folks to kind of beat their one-on-ones and, and yeah. produce on their level. That's the kind of thing that he's looking for. It's not just enough to be a singularly dominant player who's racking up stats if ultimately you're not providing opportunity for the rest of the players around you. That's what the truly great players yep. do. I mean, the, the, you know, the kind of straws that stir the defense, the drinks of the defense, right? Yep. The, that everything is based off of, you know, look, an offensive coordinator is going into a, a game plan this week against the Cowboys. First thing he's going to do is how do we stop Micah Parsons? And that's what the Cowboys want. More of, of offensive coordinators staying up late at night, uh, uh, trying to figure out ways to stop Micah Parsons. And, and then, and, and while doing that, while, while, you know, expending all these resources and time and trying to stop Micah Parsons. You forget about Demarcus Lawrence. You forget about Sam Williams. You forget about Oso Digizuo. You forget about some of these guys who, you know, can take advantage of the, uh, just the shift of literal bodies from one side of the the offense to the other to try to stop Micah Parsons. Suddenly you get a much more advantageous situation for someone on the other side of the line. And that is, I think the reason that, that Quinn is trying to get him on this new wave Right is because that's the next step, right? Like you, it's 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 great to go to Pro Bowls. It's great to have twenty sacks. It's great to put up large numbers. But ultimately, even Parsons admits what he wants is to win. What he what he wants is to kind of dominate. And the truly great players, the the Reggie Whites, the Aaron Donalds, yep. the the guys that they made that they mentioned, Taylor's, the, yep. you know, Lawrence Taylor's, yep. the Demarcus Wares. I mean, honestly, all of those guys, those those Hall of Fame type players, the thing that made them great is that it took. Uh, a, a monumental effort by offenses to try to stop them. And, and, and in that effort, uh, you know, teams lost track of, of the other great players on those defenses. Yeah. And I don't think it's so much about just making sure that Michael Parsons occupies a double team all the time. That That's not what it's about. It's just to create confusion, right? Yeah. Like I know, I can't, exploit it. Yeah. And I, I look at like what Aaron Donald has done with the Rams and Basically, if you're an edge rusher that plays with the Rams, you're going to get 10 sacks by default every year because Aaron Donald's going to have so much you know, coverage on him, right? So you're going to get three unblocked sacks a year. Or if you're DeMarcus Ware, right? George Selvey can come in and have an eight-and-a-half sack season, right? Just because yeah. of the opportunities. Obviously, there's better talent around Micah Parsons and George Selby and some of those other guys. But I think that's the idea, right? How can you create advantageous situations for everybody else on the roster while maintaining your dominance? I think that's the goal for Dan Quinn and Micah Parsons this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good goal. That's how you take your defense from uh, very good to dominant, right? Yep. Is that suddenly everybody's eating because yep. uh, all because the top dog is, is drawing yep. so much attention. All right, let's talk about some of the other notes that we have from Cowboys OTAs uh, next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just saw that the Nuggets are like minus Mm. 340 still to win the series. I still think I would take that bet. 
even though they lost last night. Uh, there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get your no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day is on tomorrow's show. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cowboys quarterback uh, position, what we saw last year, what we expect kind of going into the year, and then some future stuff. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Landon, let's talk uh, about some more news and nuggets that we got out of OTAs, including a Jordan Lewis injury update that has me a little bit concerned. Jordan Lewis said that, uh, his injury was one of the worst that a doctor has ever seen, uh, referring to his Liz Frank injury. And the hope is that he is ready for training camp. What were your thoughts when you saw that news? I mean, I think the thing that the, the line that actually startled me the most was he, I think he referred to it as it's like trying to run on a new foot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's not something that, uh, who's a professional athlete who has to run on his feet all the time, especially in a position where a slot corner is- yeah, like pretty important. Yeah, uh, that's not a great that's not a great thing to hear. So, um, I, I I honestly don't know what to think. I mean, I I, I think it's it's I, I, my first thought honestly is is well, what does this mean? Like, you know, uh, does it mean that he is uh, behind the eight ball and that this is something that he's really going to struggle to kind of come back from? I mean, everyone can put on a smiling face about it or, or, or talk about it in the past if they want, but it, it does feel like it's something that is going to have an effect on him, mm-hmm. you know, certainly early on in training camp. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know, maybe even in, well into the season. So, and, and maybe he won't be the same player. We've seen these kind of injuries sap players explosiveness. I mean, this is pretty common at this point. It's kind um, of what ended Dez's career, right? I was just going to say that's what I mean. Honestly, Dez was just not quite the same athlete, and Dez Bryant was a much more explosive athlete yeah. than Jordan Lewis was before mm-hmm. this. So Jordan was already kind of playing with on the savvy spectrum of the cornerback, you know, yep. groups as opposed to the athletic spectrum. So um, it 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 it's it's a concern. I mean, obviously, the thing that helps this is that the Cowboys are filthy, <laughs> filthy in their depth at cornerback at, at right now. They've got a lot of bodies, but I mean, part of that was knowing that you had Jordan Lewis as your potential starting slot corner for someone to take that job from him. If if, if well, that and maybe done. that's why we've seen so much rotating going on at the slot yeah. cornerback position during OTAs, including Calvin Joseph, a little bit of Deron Bland moving there, like. Maybe they know there's a chance that they just don't have Jordan Lewis for the first six games of the season, maybe due to PUP, or maybe not at all, right? Maybe there's a chance that he just gets to training camp, he's able to pass a physical, but he's just not the same player, and the Cowboys just decide to move on. Yeah, I mean, I have to think that those are possibilities that are inside the spectrum of of, of possible outcomes, right? Yeah. Like, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's disconcerting. I mean, it certainly isn't the kind of review you want to hear about as someone coming off of an injury. Um, but I, you know, at the same time, maybe there's a situation where he's recovered and he's okay. And but I, I think that it obviously was extremely concerning and uh, uh, eye-opening, and certainly something that makes you go back to uh, Jordan Lewis's uh, you know profile as as what you're expecting for the next season, and, and kind of maybe make some adjustments adjustments on you know, what, what's even possible for him this coming season. I do wonder if the Cowboys will 
slow play this a lot, right? Like, cause there's really no reason to rush him back no. on the practice field in August. Yeah. And if some of these young corners, including one we're going to talk about in a second, look good in training camp, maybe the plan is just to put them on PUP. So that way you can keep an extra cornerback. And that way, when we get to well, when's the six week part, that'd be like late October. Mm-hmm. You have just another, you know, asset that you could potentially use if you're, losing some cornerback depth. I I kind of had a feeling that we're trending in that direction. I mean, honestly, for the Cowboys, like I, I think they would have loved to have had a cornerback that they have kept in their back pocket last year, you know, at the, yep. the end of the season when they had so many injuries. So if, if, if there's an opportunity to do something like that this year, I, I bet they would take it. And again, remember, PUP will take you basically four months from now. So that's a long time to let Jordan Lewis recover from the surgery, get back to 100% or as close as he can be. Uh, we'll see. This is certainly a situation that we're going to have to monitor throughout the summer, throughout training camp, and probably well into the season. Uh, let's also talk about Trayvon Diggs. There's some discussion about the Cowboys wanting to get a contract done here. Even Stephen Jones, right before we jumped on, said the Cowboys have touched base uh, with Trayvon Diggs' agents. Uh, what's going on here? It sounds like the, the the conversations have at least started, and I don't know if that's directly related to his absence or, or whatever. I mean, look. Hold in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold in, right? Like he's he's at OTAs, but he just didn't go on the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if those things are related, but it does sound like the, at least negotiations have begun. Uh, I, I have to feel like it's probably not coincidental that they started, you know, right after they got all that money back from their June 1st yeah. cuts. Yeah. So, um yeah, it sounds like the Cowboys right now are kind of engaging in negotiations be- with, you know, early days, early days yeah. with both C.D. Lamb and Trayvon Diggs. So, uh, I, I, and, and obviously, you know, as, as you may be aware that their their contracts are kind of similarly tied together at this point. So, But the reason why the Diggs one is more, more pressing is because the Cowboys do have the fifth-year option with C.D. Right. Lamb, which they yeah. exercise this offseason. They're saving some money for... Uh, obviously Micah Parsons down the road, but it does feel like if they can get this digs one done now or before the season, one less thing to have to try to worry about and try to do next off season. Yeah. I mean, at some point you're going to have to pay Micah Parsons for all eight positions that he's going to be playing. So it's going to be very, <laughs> that's going to be very pricey. I do find pricey. it really fascinating. The Cowboys say, Hey, no, he's a linebacker guys. He's not They're already <laughs> engaging in that, right? They're already <laughs> engaging in the, Oh, let's, let's, let's start slotting folks into the correct, uh, uh, yeah. uh franchise tag box right yeah i i I, listen i mean we joke about that but honestly i don't know how much playing around they're gonna do with cd lamb no trayvon diggs and uh um, especially micah parsons i I just parsons specifically is a cornerstone player of this team so i I just imagine they'll give him whatever money he wants there may be some conversation i i think of these three and we've talked about this before diggs is likely to be the most contentious of the of the negotiations just probably uh, but, because he's probably the least consistent of the three players, right? And that is, you know, kind of historically a position that has fluctuated in value and play year to year, right? Like it's yeah. very hard for a cornerback to be consistently good year over year. So and I think the Cowboys might use his interception totals against him. Hey, you had 11 in 2021 and three last year. Why are we paying top dollar for a guy that only has three interceptions? 
even though he Which, was a better player. He's a better player, and right. that's I'm sure what they'll argue. We don't need yeah. to negotiate for yeah. Trayvon Diggs' agent. He's, he's got plenty of yeah. skins to do they get paid. They get paid a lot to do that. They get paid a lot. <laughs> Listen, if you guys want to throw us some money, we'll make some points for you. But, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, it's it's something that is, is happening. The Cowboys are clearly interested in keeping all these guys. The sooner that they can sign them, I think yeah. it's the better because it gives them more flexibility to do some more things that they want to. So, yeah, it's exciting days. I'm hope, hopefully they get done soon. All right, let's talk about some actual notes from on the field uh, during the Cowboys OTA practice next. All right, Landon, one of the players that has gotten maybe the most buzz through yeah. OTAs is Eric Scott, a cornerback that the Cowboys selected late on day three. Uh, once again, he had a really good practice on Thursday when it was open to the media. He had an interception. At what point do we start to buy into this Eric Scott hype? I mean, you know, let's see what happens. The mini camp, I think, starts tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, let's see, you know, if we start to continue to hear some of this stuff through mini camp. I mean, I, I don't know if we'll get mini camp notes or anything like that, but like maybe there'll be some buzz that comes out of the building. I mean, look, it's, it's, whenever you're talking about what we're talking about, and that is a uh, down roster rookie getting snaps with you know kind of near the first team or the first Mm -hmm. team you have to kind of wait for the drumbeat right like if you're hearing it early you gotta it's it's not like uh uh it's not the same as if we heard mozzie smith was like having great practices right like this is this is like that's ultimately very believable he's a first round pick yeah of course this is something that's like I got to see it. It's, it. I need a little bit more uh, uh, proof. I need to see a little bit more. I need to see a little bit more. And that's kind of constantly what we're saying with some of these down roster, especially rookies, right? Mm-hmm. So if he's, uh, you know, taking t- snaps with the first team last week, it's great. Let's see what he did uh, the, the next week. He did it some more. Let's see what he does in mini camp. We got to kind of continue the drumbeat before we can really start getting too hyped about this. It's, it's easy to kind of, like get excited that this guy could be something really great that they got, they got a steal for it. Like they did potentially last year with bland. Uh, but well, we and that's to- what I was going to mention. Like we started to hear a lot about Deron bland at mm-hmm. this time last year. And yeah. obviously you're not saying he's going to have the same impact as Deron bland, but if you are going to have, you know, one of those seasons, like being a productive rookie for a day three guy, it's got to start now. Like you can, yep. it, 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 you've got to consistently have, Hey, He's had a good week of practice. He had another really good week of practice. We're going to find ways to get this guy to the field. I mean, so far, I mean, I, I don't know how you couldn't be excited about Eric Scott. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, I, I, and honestly, I think what this is, is that they're proving it to themselves. Like, this, yeah. this is the Cowboys coaching staff saying, is this really what we think this is? Let's get him out there with some of the ones and see if he's still doing it, right? So they're right now, they're in the process of proving it you know, proving what their eyes see, right? Like, yep. okay, this guy, we may have something. Let's see. Let's yep. put him out there and see what he can do. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, to answer your question, this is what it looks like, you know, like when you get a down roster corner uh, rookie that's going to potentially make some impact in his rookie season. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're there yet, right? Yes. Like we still we still have more that we need to see before we're going to be it's just checking a box, declaring. right? That's checking that's really boxes, the drum beat, right? But but yes, this is the path. We are on the path yes. for Eric Scott having a, a kind of uh, what do you want to call it? A, a, an extraordinary rookie season, a sure. breakout rookie season, whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the first job for him is just to make the roster, right? That's yeah. First and foremost, you've got to make the roster before you can start making plays. So, I mean, that's more than what we even expected for him at this point, oh, you yeah. know, before this. So, so yeah. like clearly, like what we're doing now is just basically raising the expectation level of him just based on yes. what we're hearing from inside the building. Yeah, I, I'm going to be curious. Like, does he beat out Calvin Joseph for a roster spot? Does he beat out Nation Wright, who was well? You know, Let's loop this all in together, right? Like you, you're talking about beating out like Kelvin Joseph. Let's go back to the Jordan Lewis conversation, right? Is the idea that, hey, we need Eric Scott to kind of step up as an outside guy because we're going to need Kelvin uh, Joseph to kind of play inside to potentially provide depth for Jordan yeah. Lewis if he can't play. So sure. it, it might be that these things are more tied together than we realize, right? Because sure. they, they, they need Eric Scott to play because they need bodies, Eric Scott's not a, a slot player. They think Kelvin Joseph is. So Scott maybe t- steps in and kind of takes Kelvin Joseph's exactly. spot on the outside. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Last thing before we head out. Uh, we haven't got a ton of news about Mozzie Smith. And I think, frankly, that's because there's no pads and no contact, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any concerns here at all? Nope. It sounds like him and Tyler Smith got it, got into a thing uh, on Thursday, which is fun. I'd love, yeah. to, see, love to hear the, the sounds of, of that. The whatever. Smith that's going like, against each other. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, like, that's the sound Without that you pads. Hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just their bellies slapping each other. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, and, and look, John has been, John owning has been rightfully <laughs> saying release the stance tape or whatever. Like we want to see pictures of this new stance because uh, do you think it's gonna make a difference? But yes, I, I do agree. I mean, look, the nature of the position, this is a guy who, you know, is uh, a nose tackle. He's going to make his most impact when he's physically moving bodies and that requires pads. So which won't be uh, like mid August. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But for Cowboys fans, like we're, you know, we haven't drafted a, a, an exciting defensive tackle in so long. Yeah. Forgotten when we have to, how long we have to wait before we can truly evaluate one. So, oh, because uh, remember, yeah. the Cowboys start training camp, what, late July, but the pads don't really come on until a week later, two weeks yeah. later. So, yeah, you have to wait so. a little bit. I did see one picture of him in uh, Isaac Alicon, who yeah. moving from. <laughs> offensive guard to defensive tackle uh that was not pretty but i did that's the only one i saw that picture honestly i I think i pointed that out to you the picture that has isaac in it isaac is the more uh uh kind of striking thing in that picture seeing him line up in a defensive lineman uh stance is it's very odd didn't look natural at all no he's got all his weight on his front hand like he's like if all an offensive lineman had to do is just swipe at his his exactly his his face yeah Uh, man, I love talking about OTAs. It's so much fun. So, uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Again, we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to tune in tomorrow talking about the, uh, Dak Prescott and the rest of that quarterback room in position moving forward. Uh, we are free on uh, YouTube. We're free and available wherever you can get your podcasts. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you next time.